This is the anthem. Here's what you came for. This is the moment. Magic was made for. Hello there. Welcome back to Fanfatals. Take a ride with us on the Hogwarts Express. Walk down Main Street with our best super pals. And defy gravity as we talk about all things fandom. Hello and welcome back to Fan Fatales, a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And welcome back to this year's Winter Wonderthon. And today we're going to do a deep dive into my favorite Christmas movie, which is Elf. Woo! I love Elf. Yeah. I have like so many memories of this movie. Like from Same. the time I could watch movies, this movie was on TV every Christmas. My dad and yes. I used to watch this movie every year, and now I watch it with my boyfriend, and I watch it with my yeah. family, and we just, we love this movie so much. Yeah. I did elf trivia at a bar I would like to go to last December. OMG, so fun. It was so much fun. We kept on getting into, like, the bonus round questions, because, like, if so many people tied, they would do, like, a bonus question to try to weed it out. But everybody knew the bonus questions, too. Um, One of them was impossible, and we'll get into the scene later. I don't know if I actually put this fact in, but it was okay. the belch scene. How long is the belch? Yeah. Isn't it like a minute or 45 it's seconds? It's 12 seconds. Okay, a minute's a little long. But yeah, And I put seconds. 30 seconds on the thing. Because it, it feels, feels so long. Like forever. Yeah. So, so I fight. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into some of these like basic background info we got here. Yeah. Elf was directed by John Favreau. What a king. Um, yeah. What a king. Right. Um, I mean, started MCU. Right. <laughs> Mandalorian. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, it was released on November 7th of 2003. And the cast includes Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf. Uh, James Can as Walter Hobbs, Zoe Deschanel, my queen, as Jovi, um, Mary Steenbergen as Emily Hobbs, Bob Newhart as Papa Elf, Ed Asner as Santa Claus, Daniel Tay as Michael Hobbs, uh, Faison Love as the manager at Gimbal's, Peter Dinklage as Miles Finch, Amy Sedaris as Deb. Um, let's see here. Michael Lerner as Fulton Greenway, who is, um, Walter's boss. Um, Andy Richter as Morris, who's one of the co-workers. He's, like, one of the writers, the one of the two writers yeah. that comes into the office. Um, Kyle Gass as Eugene, who's the other writer. Um, yeah. Artie Lang as the fake Santa. And the king himself, John Favreau as the pediatrician. Voice of the Baby Walrus, which was uncredited. Voice of Mr. Narwhal, which was uncredited also. And the voice of the Arctic Puffin. So. 
I knew I had to put that in because Gabby loves Mr. Narwhal. Mr. Narwhal is the best character and is the best thing in the whole movie. Yeah. Literally the entire scene where he's like leaving the North Pole, that is the best scene. Anything with the claymation, oh, yes, I love it. Yeah. I agree. Um, so the budget was $33 million, and in the box office, Elf grossed uh, $176.6 million in the United States and Canada, and $47.2 million in other territories, for a worldwide total of twenty sorry $223.9 million against a production budget of $33 million. So that's a big, 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 big profit for the studio. Yes. Because I mean, I'm still seeing like elf merchandise every store I go into. Because this movie is amazing. It's a classic. It is. It was an instant classic from the moment it came out. Yes. So, um, let's get into this deep dive. So, um, 30 years prior to the events of the film, a baby crawls into Santa's sack at an orphanage, and Santa unknowingly takes the baby back to the North Pole, where it is decided that Papa Elf will raise him. Also, fun fact really quick that's not on here, Papa Elf is said to be 400 years old when Buddy gets adopted by him. That's cool. Yeah, I just finished watching this movie, and I was like, hey, Papa Elf was 400 years old when he adopted Buddy? Whoa. Yeah. Um... So on top of that, um, Baby Buddy in the Orphanage was played by uh, triplet girls, and the director credits their performance to the editor, Dan Lebenthal, who was able to make it appear that they were doing everything that Baby Buddy is seen doing. Um, Favreau notes that they had originally had twin boys for the part, and the boys looked just like Will Ferrell, curly hair, like that sandy blonde color, um, yeah. but they would not stop crying. So they were like, yep. this isn't going to work. They cast girls instead. Which honestly is very common in Hollywood. That like they just cast babies that work, you know? Yep. Um, so the design for Santa's workshop also, as well as the elf uniforms, came from the Claymation Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer special from 1964. And the elf uniforms are like legit a direct copy from the ones in the special. Like from oh who made it? It was Rankin and Bass. Yeah, yeah. Which, one of the two of them just recently passed away. Aw. Yeah. They were old, though, I mean. Yeah, I mean, those, yeah. Like. <laughs> but yeah, if you look at, like, a picture of Buddy, I mean, the colors are a little bit different because of just the way yeah. coloring works. Um, it, yeah, it looked a from little 2003 bit, to 1964. Yeah, there's a big difference. Um, the yeah. color in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer film, the elves look a little bit more blue than they do green. But like, yeah, I feel like that's a, I feel like that's like a common jump. Like, I feel like that would be, that's a very easy jump to make from that bluish turquoisey teal color to the green yeah. color that he wears. And I'm sure the original like claymation dolls actually wore green. It's just that the, you know, the film the and the way it was or shot. whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's what made them look blue. Um, yeah. At least that's my guess. Yes. Um, but also, most of the animals in the North Pole are designed to look the like it's the same form of stop. Anim- Let me try that again. Um, most <laughs> animals in the North Pole are also designed to look like the same form of stop motion animation that they used in Rudolph, which makes me so happy. You can that's, tell. That's why I love it so much. I know. 
Um, the baby named Buddy is raised unaware that he is actually a human until his enormous size and poor toy-making abilities cause Papa Elf to tell him the truth. We have, like, three different, like, little fun facts here. I know. We um, have a lot of... Two of them have to do with the jack-in-the-box. There's so many fun facts. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot in this movie, so... Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, there's two that have to do with the um, jack-in-the-box. One is director John Favreau used a remote control to trigger the jack-in-the-box toys to get startled reactions from Will Ferrell. Also, the sound effect used by the Jack in the Box is the same sound effect used by the Laughing Hyenas at the Magic Kingdom at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and was also used in Lady and the Tramp, 1955, for the Laughing Hyenas in the zoo, as well as for Ripper Roo in the Crash Bandicoot video game series. That's awesome. That's so cool, actually. Yeah. And then... Fun fact that I alluded to last episode with the Christmas story. The elf Ming Ming, who appears briefly in the beginning of the film, he's like the boss mm-hmm. elf, um, is played by Peter um, Billingsley, who started as Ralphie Parker in A Christmas Story and Christmas Story Christmas. Yeah, and like, if you look, you're like, duh, how, how did I yeah. not notice? Oh, it's so obvious when you know it's him. Oh, yeah. You look at it and you go, duh, but if you have no, if you don't know, yeah. you have no idea. Yeah. Um, so, let's see. Papa Elf reveals to Buddy that he was born to Walter and Susan, sorry, excuse me, Walter Hobbs and Susan Wells and was placed up for adoption and that Walter never knew that Buddy was born. And that now Walter works at a children's book company in New York. And most of the shots with Will Ferrell and Ed Asner in the workshop with the elves are forced perspective rather than CGI, which I really like. Same. I feel like it would have looked too fake. Yeah. With CGI. Yeah. Yeah. So they just brought Will Ferrell Um, really close to the camera. Yes. So I know we'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, The the stage musical. They have all the elves doing the, like, Lord Farquaad on their knees thing (laughs) to make them shorter than the guy playing Buddy. I don't know why I hate that so much. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds so painful. It's just for the first scene, really. Still. I I don't know. As an actor, I'd be like, oh, hell no. I'd be like, yeah. I'm short enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, From Santa, Buddy learns that his father is also on the naughty list. Nevertheless, um, Buddy sets out for New York to find his father. Yes. Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. This is also when he runs through the candy cane forest and... Yeah, the swirly twirly gumdrop. Yeah, the, the, the land of swirly twirly gumdrops, the peppermint forest, and then the Lincoln Tunnel. <laughs> yes. Um, and speaking of the Lincoln Tunnel, I guess I... It's one of the two trivia facts under the next bullet point. Um... Several minor traffic accidents occurred when Will Ferrell walked through the Lincoln Tunnel in his costume because people were so surprised and distracted from their driving to see him wearing an elf outfit. That is true. I've seen that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, 
Once in the city, Buddy displays his naivete in several ways. He crosses the street at the wrong time, uh, chews, like, already chewed gum that's been, like, put on handrails or just, like, yes. on the lamp post. Like, oh, disgusting. Yeah. Um, and he actually believes the coffee shop's claim when they say they have the world's best cup of coffee. And yes. obviously, that's just, like, a marketing scam. But, like, he's mm-hmm. like, congratulations when he busts through the door. And it's so cute. Yeah. Um. So, actually, on the final day of shooting in New York City, it was just the director, so John Favreau, um, Will Ferrell, and a cameraman driving around the city looking for locations to shoot. And they would jump out and ask pedestrians if they were willing to be an extra for some, like, super quick, just, like, cash. And um, Will Ferrell paraded around the city just acting like Buddy. And a lot of this montage when Buddy first gets to New York City was filmed then. Um, Yes. And, like, when he was getting his shoe shined or um, jumping on the crosswalk through traffic. Yes. Yeah. So Buddy eventually finds his father in the Empire State Building. But... Um, Walter Hobbs has him thrown out, and Buddy takes a security guard's sarcastic suggestion to, quote, get back to Gimbel's, end quote, where he is mistaken for an employee and meets the lovely but enthusiastic Jovi. Unenthusiastic Ooh, Jovi. Unenthusiastic. Did I say enthusiastic? Mm-hmm. It's been a long day. That's fair. Um, unenthusiastic Jovi. Will Ferrell's brother, Patrick... Um, played the security guard at the Empire State Building. He's the one that actually tells him to get back to Gimbel's. Yeah. In fact. Um, and then Wanda Skies was Sykes. originally slated to... Yes. Wanda Sykes was originally slated to play the manager at Gimbel's, but backed out at the last minute. She was replaced by Faze in Love, who insisted on still wearing the name tag for made for Sykes, which is why his um, <laughs> name tag says Wanda. I absolutely can see <laughs> Wanda Sykes playing the manager, though. Yeah. Just like, what are you doing, fool? <laughs> like, yes. Oh, God, that was a terrible impression. Kara, cut that out. That was awful. <laughs> that was so bad. That was like borderline racist. Cut that out. Cut that out. Oh, man. Yeah. That was really bad. <laughs> but like, I can hear her saying the lines in my head, you yes. know? Yeah, she'd be fun. She would be so good in that role. <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's why his name text is Wanda. I was watching it like mo- this most recent time. I was like, does it say Wanda? <laughs> I love that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next morning, or actually, it skipped a bit. My favorite bit, actually, is the montage oh. of when Buddy is decorating the toy area of gimbals yes and he does all of the lego sets and he does yeah. all of the the snowflakes and he takes the light brights and he makes them say welcome santa oh my gosh it's so good that's like my christmas fantasy dreams right there like i want my house to look like that yeah like tacking the 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 pillow stuffing to the roof to make it look like a gingerbread house with snow oh my gosh Oh, it would be great. It, it would be fantastic. I love it. Yes. Um, so anyway, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole film. Um, so that next morning, Buddy is shocked to discover that the gimbal Santa is not the real Santa. And he sit on a, lo- a throne of lies. Yeah. 
<laughs> you don't smell like Santa. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Santa smells like peppermint and cheer. You just smell, what does he say? It's like, you just smell oh. like B.O. and, and something on. else. Fake Santa elf. Oh, I don't want to watch the scene. <laughs> you might have to watch it just to hear the line. What is it? I think I'm going to. Okay, I cut this out, obviously. Oh, this was from the 10th anniversary in 2013. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. Okay. So, so, um... <laughs> <laughs> so um here we go um do, 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 do. okay so here we go kira so <laughs> he's sitting with the little kid on his lap and he asks the kid what his name is and he goes my name's paul and santa goes uh like you know what can i get you for christmas and buddy goes Paul, Paul, don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Which, like, instantly is like, ooh, uh-oh. Um, yeah. And then, and then Buddy says, uh, you disgust me. How can you live with yourself? And Gimbal Santa says, just cool it, Zippy. And Buddy says, you sit on a throne of lies. Yes. And the Gimbal Santa says, look, I'm not kidding. And Buddy goes, you're a fake. And the Gimbal Santa goes, I'm a fake. Buddy goes, yes. And Gimbal Santa goes, how'd you like to be dead, huh? Ho-ho. Just kidding. And Buddy goes, you stink. And Santa goes, I think you're going to have a good Christmas, all right? And Buddy goes, you smell like beef and cheese. You don't smell like Santa. I knew it was some sort of meat. I thought it was meatloaf. I don't know why I thought, like, beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um. Yes. So... Yeah, that's that that's what's it. Um, but the that scene where they get in the fight and they like start destroying everything, like the Legos, that all yeah. had to be done in one take because they couldn't like redo it. Rebuild, yeah. Yeah. It was like, okay, if you mess up, like we can't do anything about it. Yep. Um so Buddy is arrested, and Walter reluctantly bails him out and takes him to a pediatrician for a DNA test, which is when we get John Favreau on screen. Yeah. Pre-Iron Man John Favreau, too. Yeah. Like, he wasn't happy Hogan yet. Not even close. No. Not for another five, five years. years. Yeah. Um... But the cotton balls Buddy eats while he's in the doctor's office were actually cotton candy that had not been dyed yet. He made those cotton balls look so delicious, though. Yeah. He's like, mmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then he eats the one that's soaked in his blood from when <laughs> he's sitting in the lobby. Yeah. Um, so once it is proven that Buddy is, in fact, Walter's son, uh, Walter takes Buddy home to meet his wife, Emily, and son, Michael. And Walter is clearly put off by Buddy's immature, innocent behavior. He slathers his pasta and maple syrup and can't seem to understand that Walter isn't interested in playing with him. 
But Emily insists that they take care of Buddy until he, quote unquote, recovers, which kills me. Yes. I think it's funny how everybody in this movie thinks he's like high on drugs. Insane. Insane. Or like insanely stupid. Telegraph. Like a telegram elf. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this scene, actually, when Buddy eats all the different candies and, um, which is actually the next morning, um, when he eats the candies and the Pop-Tarts with, (laughs) with the spaghetti noodles, it had to be done twice because Will Ferrell actually got sick and, like, threw up the first time they did it, which, yeah, understandably, that sounds disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Um... He also gimbalifies their whole apartment. Yeah. Just like, it, it's just so cute. And then he makes that the, the rocking horse. The rocking horse. Yep. He got yes. a, he got a, a full two hours of sleep last night. I used that audio recently on one of my TikTok videos, and it was the funniest thing to me. I love that. It was for Kingdom Keepers, because they don't sleep at night, because all of their missions happen at night. Yeah. I got a full two hours of sleep. Um, so Emma already kind of mentioned it, uh, but the, the belch that Buddy has after drinking the entire two liter Coke bottle, um, it was actually dubbed by a voice actor named Maurice LaMarche. Yes. This is the 12 second one that I got wrong on my bonus questions at the bar. Yeah. I'm still salty about it because I would have gotten a $25 gift card for that round. Wow. Yeah. Buddy befriends Michael after the former um, defeat a gang of bullies single-handedly in a snowball fight. And then Michael encourages Buddy to ask out Jovi. And fun fact, when Buddy goes to Gimbal's to ask Jovi out on a date, the song that's playing on the loudspeaker is Christmas Island, sung by Leon um, Redbone. And Redbone also provides the voice of the snowman from the North Pole. Leon the snowman. His name's Leon, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like him. He's, I like, I uh, I love all of the snow, North Pole characters. I want the Arctic Puffin to just, like, live in my house forever. Oh, my God. And the narwhal. Bye, buddy. Yeah. I hope you find your dad. Yes. Um, so, the next day, Walter reluctantly takes Buddy to work with him, and he basically uses Buddy's naivety t- against him and sends him down to the mailroom. And he's like, hey, it's this magical, beautiful yes. place. It's so shiny. You're going to love it. And he gets down mm-hmm. there and it's like nasty cement brick walls, like guys who look like they've been in prison their whole lives. Yeah. Just like, and like, they look like they're going to beat him up when he first walks in there. Like, yeah. He's just like, hi. And everybody's like, we're going to pound you. But they don't actually say that. They just look that way. It's very funny. Um, but anyway. Um, actually. I'm sorry. The group chat that I am in for the theme park club I'm at, in at school just found out about the CEO thing that we were talking about before recording. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, So... Actually, when Buddy goes to work with Walter, they 
like the ties that they're wearing are the same pattern, just in different colors, which I think is adorable. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, so- um, but yeah, so Buddy gets drunk on his coworkers' um, whiskey, thinking it's syrup, and ends up throwing a party in the mail room, which is it's popping. Yeah. Um, in the mail room was a set piece that was added late in production and was the last scene shot before production wrapped. It had bounced in and out of the film throughout Elf's production, but Favreau decided they needed one more set piece. And it it really is good. It's a good one. I cannot imagine this movie without it. Not oh, lie. same. Um, which they get rid of it for the stage show, which makes and me it's sad. Bad. Yeah. So that night. Buddy goes on a very adorable, successful date with Jovi, and he takes her to the uh, world's best coffee spot. She goes, it's a crappy cup of coffee. Yes. And he goes, no, it's the world's best cup of coffee. She's like, yeah. no. Um, and he also goes around and shows her all of his favorite trees, his favorite Christmas trees he's seen. And they go ice skating. And, yeah. and then she takes him to... The Rockefeller tree. Yeah. Well, that's that's after that's before they go ice skating. Yeah. Um. So he they go probably at what the ice skating rink at Rockefeller. Yeah. It. Yeah. So, um, actually, to shoot the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center, production had to wait until after midnight, and only then they were allowed four hours to get the scene because a professional skater was performing the next day, and the premiere party was also held there. Yes. Um, Walter, meanwhile, has been trying to save his floundering business by hiring the temperamental, best-selling writer, Miles Finch. When the vertically challenged Finch arrives, Buddy mistakes him for an elf. (laughs) The offended Finch attacks Buddy and storms out of the conference room without signing a deal with Walter's company. Okay. I am somebody who is vertically challenged. Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Peter Dinklage is just a midget. Yeah. Or or a or a little person. Is that what they little person. Is that what they call themselves? I watch yeah, a lot of person. I watch a lot of Brad Williams and he refers to himself as a midget and so that's that's what <laughs> Yeah. Like he he's very funny. Um I know he is definitely like it's little person. I know Peter, Peter Dinklage is okay. very... Okay, so yes. He is... He's a little person. Yes. There, there's a difference between being vertically challenged. That's just someone who's short. Yeah. And then a little person. So I think that is a very funny descriptor. <laughs> good job. Yes. Where'd you get this? IMDb? IMDb. Yeah. Good job, IMDb. Good job, IMDb. <laughs> um, yeah, because... He came out, like, with all that, like, little people kind of stuff after they announced that Snow White was being made into a live-action film. Because mm. he had some backlash to say against it. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, when Miles Finch throws Buddy off the table after calling Miles an elf one last time, Buddy knocks a picture frame off the wall and it breaks. In the next frame, when Miles storms out, the picture can be seen hanging behind Deb on the wall, unbroken. Interesting. And that's a little goof. So it must have been shot out of order. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. 
They were like, before you guys mess up the entire room. Although you would think they would want the continuity to be, I don't know. I don't know. So um, Walter is so upset um, over this setback that he screams at Buddy and he says, quote, get the hell out of my life. And then he later says, I don't care. What does he say? I don't care that you're my son. And something. Oh, it's like, I don't care that you're my son. What? What does he say? It's like, get the hell out of my life. I don't care. I don't care that you came here. I don't care that you're my son. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Are you looking it up now? No, I'm texting Zach. His mom is with their dog in the ER. Oh. Okay, so someone in my the theme park, um, Themes Entertainment Association group chat I'm in, just went, it's a Thanksgiving miracle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. How did we get so lucky that it was announced, like, right before... I know. We started recording. Because we're not recording until December 4th now. Mm-hmm. Did you ever send Andy the link? No. To the notes? Okay. I didn't know if it was done or not. I didn't know if we wanted to add anything else. I think we should. I think we should, too. But I don't know what. I don't know either. Tigger, shut up. <laughs> My mom has this sign on her wall mm-hmm. that says, no working during drinking hours. Love Thank it. you. I've made good progress with my Percy Jackson Let's Read thing I was telling you about. Nice. That I'm starting. I haven't made, like, any progress in casting. I have with making scripts. I have with making scripts. There you go. I'm almost done with book one. There you go. So then I will know exactly what characters I need to cast. Were you able to find the quote? No. Oh, okay. I didn't know I was supposed to be looking it up. Oh, never mind. So. Do you want me to? Nah, it's fine. So, Carrie, you can cut that last bit out. Um, so, a deeply hurt buddy uh, starts roaming New York that night, which is Christmas Eve, until he looks up in the sky and sees Santa's sleigh. Yeah, I found I found the quote. Okay, what's the quote? Um, it is. So you get the hell out of here. Where do you want me to go? I don't care where you go. That's what it is. I don't care that you're an elf. I don't care that you're nuts. I don't care that you're my son. Get out of my life now. Aww. There it is. That, like, yeah, that's ouch. Yeah, ouch. Um, so Buddy does end up finding Santa, who explains to him that he lost part of the sleigh's engine, or the sleigh's engine. It's only one. Yeah. I always think there's two because of the Grinch. The Grinch has two. Yeah. So, um, 
But he explains to Buddy that the last bit of Christmas spirit, which has powered the sleigh on its own before, has just, it's gone. And Santa convinces Buddy to help him fix the sleigh. Because he's the only one who can. Because Papa Elf taught him how. Mm -hmm. Um, Michael, meanwhile, bursts in on Walter's board meeting to tell him frantically that Buddy has gone. He manages to convince Walter to put his family above his job for the first time, and the two find Buddy in Central Park as he locates the sleigh's engine. You know what's crazy is all of that Etch-A-Sketch writing and drawing that he does? Takes for It would not happen. No, no, not. Well, okay, Buddy used to build Etch-A-Sketches. Remember that. He used to build them. But, True. But still, the Mona Lisa... Yeah. An entire letter? Like, he was like, I am so sorry for ruining everybody's lives. Like, what? Yes. So, Buddy takes Walter and Michael to meet Santa, who reveals to Michael that belief in Santa, which is manifested in knowing that Santa is bringing people what they want for Christmas, can make his sleigh fly. So, near the end, when Santa's showing Michael his nice list and all of the people on Santa's list... Um, actually all of the people who are on the list worked in the movie. So Victoria Down was the key makeup artist. She wanted an English riding saddle with leathers and a crop. Um, Drew Davidson, who is the chief lighting technician, wants rock'em sock'em robots. Um, Andreas Neiman, who is the assistant property master, so props, um, he wants a complete set of titanium drivers and a new golf glove. Nathan Technor, who was the co-production coordinator, wanted an Apple iBook. Do you remember those? Holy smokes. Oh, my gosh. With a one gig hard drive. One gig. That's it. Oh, my gosh. And a built-in CD burner. Those are, those are, the, those are the clamshell Macs. Yeah. Um, so, and then it's Michael Hobbs. Yeah. Like it, this is going in the list that you see on the list yeah. in the film. Michael Hobbs is Michael, the character in the film. Um, Jimmy Miller, who is the executive producer, wants a Hot Wheels Turbo Ultra racetrack with his six cars, power launcher, and track cleaner. And Penny Gibbs, who is the unit production manager, wants an old McDonald's farm kit with battery-operated tractor and a remote-controlled cow tipper. Yeah. That's adorable. Yes. I love little things like that. Um, Michael, therefore, steals Santa's list and reads it in front of the TV cameras now gathered outside Central Park so that people all across New York believe um, in Santa. Yeah. And originally, the news reports near the end of the film were going to be on a much larger scale. John Favreau mentions it was going to be a CNN report and there were supposed to be a dozen cop cars surrounding Central Park. Also, the cops were supposed to be chasing Buddy down Fifth Avenue, shooting at him as he shot back at them. He also jumps off the Empire State Building and onto a helicopter in the original script. Favreau felt the slice-of-life news story played better into the reality of the situation. He says helicopters circling and cop cars swarming would have looked too much like Blue Brothers from 1980. I agree. It definitely would be very Blue Brothers. Yeah. Um, Or like Die Hard. Yes. (laughs) 
Um, so the Central Park Rangers began to chase Santa's sleigh while Buddy's still trying to reattach the engine. And eventually the engine is lost. So gone. Um, the four Central Park Rangers are spoofs of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Fun fact. Yes. And however, Jovi, who remembered that Buddy had told her, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud, loud for loud all, for to, all hear. to hear. <laughs> you started saying it while I started saying it, and then it got all I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she manages to overcome her shyness, and she gets in one of the sleighs and starts singing. There's, there's like a like the horse drawn carriage thing. Yeah. She jumps in one of those, starts singing, and gets the crowd to join her. And the sleigh starts to fly by the power of Christmas spirit. Woo. Um, so she and the crowd sing Santa Claus is coming to town, and even Walter eventually joins in. Yes. Um, and then in the epilogue, Papa Elf explains that Walter started his own publishing company, and the first book was released by, or released was Buddy's account of his adventures. Yeah. And there's a little goof in here. At the end of the movie, when Buddy is reading his story to a group of children, he says out loud, he, quote, passed through the seven levels of the candy cane forest and through, through the, the sea, sea of, of twirly, twirly, swirly gumdrops. Swirly gumdrops. However, the book from which he is clearly, um, which he is reading clearly reads that he passed through the sea of, quote, swirly, twirly gumdrops. Ah. End quote. The previous two times he recounted the story, once to Michael, Walter, and Emily at the dinner table at their first meeting, and then to the mailroom guy in the mailroom, he referred to it as the sea of swirly, twirly, twirly, twirly gumdrops. Gumdrops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, lastly, we see Papa Elf revealing that Buddy and Jovi got married, and they had a daughter named Susie, and that they visit the North Pole periodically. And my favorite bit is at the very end when he says, Come to Papa, and he pats his lap, and then Buddy goes and sits on him, and he's like, "Oh, Buddy!" Yeah, uh, and he's all crushed. Yeah, I think that is hilarious. I love it. I love it. I love this movie. Same. I, I'm, I love this whole movie so much. I just, oh, I love it. I cried today watching it when they were singing "Santa Claus Was Coming to Town." I cried, like cried, cried, cried. Oh, it's such a good movie. It, it yeah. So, um. There are a few adaptations and sequels. Yes. Um, so the first one is going to be the biggest one, which is the musical stage adaptation. So a Broadway musical yes. based upon the film ran on Broadway during the 2010 Christmas season. It was directed by Casey Nicolaw with... Nicolaw. What is it? Nicolaw. Thank you. I didn't... I was... Oh, what is he known for? He's known for like Newsies or something like that. Probably. I'm pretty sure. It was directed... I want to just be right. Mean Girls uh, and The Prom. Uh. He was director for both. There you go. And the music was by Matthew Schuyler with lyrics by Chad Bigulin and a book by Bob Martin and Thomas Meehan. 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 And the musical effectively or officially opened at the Al Hirschfeld Theater 
on November 10th of 2010. After previews from November 2nd, it ran through to January 2nd of 2011. And the musical ran on Broadway in the Christmas seasons of 2010 to 11 and 2012 to 13. And then on the West End in the 2015 to 2016 season. And it is also toured extensively, often during the Christmas season. Because, duh. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I can do the differences since I've seen a stage. Yeah, go for it. it. Okay, so the biggest one is that the story is narrated by Santa Claus rather than Papa Elf, with Papa Elf not even appearing in the musical at all. Um, Don't like that. The musical also adds a subplot about Michael and Emily Hobbs' disbelief in Santa. Several notable scenes from the film are also absent, including Buddy's visit to the mailroom of the Empire State Building and Buddy rescuing Michael from school bullies in a Central Park snowball fight. That's a great scene, too. Yeah. Um, the entire character of Miles Finch is cut, and its place, Walter's staff writers, happen upon the only copy of an unpublished manuscript for a Christmas story by a deceased famous author, Chris Smith. Buddy shreds the document, not understanding the significance, which is when the fight happens. That's lame. Yeah. I mean, how would you have done Miles Finch? I don't know. Do do something else. I don't know. Yeah. I don't like that at all. Oh, it's, it's a terrible musical. Um, it, it, It's worse than a Christmas story. Wow. Musical. I don't like a Christmas story musical. People who listened to last week's episode knows this. Um, the film and musical also strongly deviate in the character of Walter Hobbs. In the film, Walter is portrayed as greedy, obsessed with his work, and um, neglectful of his family duties. In the musical, he is shown as more bumbling, forgetful, and overworked. It is also explained by Santa Claus in the film that Walter is on the naughty list because of his greed and general meanness, whereas in the musical, it is because he doesn't believe in Santa. I don't and like then, that either. finally, no. The only good song in this show is, like, Don't Fall in Love with an Elf, something Fall in Love with an Elf. It's Jovi's song. Jovi sings it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the conference room, Buddy pitches the idea. Oh, this is also a great song. Um, it's called The Story of Buddy the Elf. It's great. Um, those are the only two songs you need to listen to in this entire musical. Cute. Um, in the conference room, Buddy pitches the idea of making the book about how he came to the North Pole and Greenway loves the story, but Walter quits after Mr. Greenway wants to change the main character in the story from an elf to a horse. Instead of Walter going with Michael to bring Buddy back home with Mr. Greenway firing Walter. That's stupid. Yeah. So there is also an animated special, which is Elf Buddy's Musical Christmas. It's an hour-long stop-motion animated musical television special, and it's based on the film and the musical. So it's a little bit of both. So while Edward Asner was the only cast member from the film to reprise his role, the rest of the cast included Jim Parsons as Buddy, Mark Hamill as Walter Hobbs, um, Kate Micucci as Jovi, um, Rachel McFarlane as Emily, Max Charles as Michael, and Gilbert Gottfried as Mr. Greenway. Yes. It was produced by Warner Bros. Animation and first aired on NBC on December 16th of 2014. And it also features songs from the musical. So there's three songs in the musical because I just looked it up on Spotify. Okay. World's Greatest Dad, which is Buddy's song as he's like walking to Cute. New York. 
Um, Never Fall in Love with an Elf. Yes. Jovi's song. And then the story of Buddy the Elf. Cute. Love. So there was yes. also a video game based on the film, which was released on November 4th of 20, excuse me, of 2004, um, which was for the Game Boy Advanced, and it was developed by Humansoft and published by Crave Entertainment. The game follows the same plot as the movie, and within the game, the player has to collect candies through each level while avoiding various objects and polar bears. The game received negative reviews from critics. Yeah. Um, there was yeah. also a canceled sequel. On September 18th of 2013, Mental Floss reported that Favreau was interested in making a sequel to the film titled Elf 2, Buddy Saves Christmas. But later that December in 2013, Farrell stated that he did not want to make a sequel. And so in 2016, Favreau stated that the sequel, you know, it could still happen. But the next month, mm-hmm. Farrell reiterated that a sequel was unlikely and stated that he was generally reluctant to do sequels unless there was a story that justifies it. So, on September 18th of 2020, James Can reaffirmed that a sequel was unlikely, stating that Farrell and Favreau did not get along, and his death on July 6th of 2022 made the possibility even less likely. The death of Ed Asner on August 29th of 2021 also made the sequel to the film all the more impossible. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, good. Yeah. This movie... There are not too many... Yeah, this movie would not do well with the sequel. This movie is honestly perfect exactly as it is. And I don't want anybody mm-hmm. to touch it or do anything to it and just leave it alone. Yeah. This Unlike a Christmas story. No. That, the, the sequel was great. Yeah, sequel was perfect. The new one, yeah. <gasps> so, anyway, I love this movie so much. Same. They're my fave. Yes. So, <clears throat> shall we get into this fandom news? Yeah, sure. Because we have a very important one for the Walt Disney Company at the very end. Yeah, we're going to make you hold on to your horses till you get to re- yes. listen to it. We found out moments before recording. Now, by the time they get this, it'll be like three weeks old. <laughs> True. I don't know why we're blowing It'll be this old up. news. Yeah. It'll be all news by then. Yeah, everybody's going to be like, oh, we read that three times already. Yeah. There's already memes about it. I love that there's already memes. I already, I sent you one. (sighs) Yes. Um, but anyway, Jessica Chastin is returning to Broadway this spring in a revival of Henrik Ibsen's A Dollhouse in a new version by acclaimed playwright Amy Herzog. The U.S. tour of Six the Musical will play a limited engagement at the Venetian Resort Las Vegas in March of 2023. I am so sorry for this poor woman that I'm about to butcher her name. What? I read it. Do you know her? Yeah. Yeah, do you not know her? No? Do Joaquina? I? Joaquina? She was the gal who, who sang that song that was like everybody cried at the Tonys. <gasps> oh yeah i remember her now yes just didn't remember her face but jacquina Kalakango will play the witch in into the woods broadway beginning next month and as gabby mentioned she sang that, that song in paradise square yes and she won best best actress, actress in a musical yes yeah 
Um, so Darren Chris, Lena Hall, Ramin Karimlu, and Saleya Pfeiffer are to star in a benefit concert of chess for the Entertainment Community Fund, which was formerly, formerly known as the Actors Fund. As part of Drawn to Life, presented by Circus Delay and Disney's one-year paper anniversary at Disney Springs, Drawn to Life will be adding Sunday matinee performances to its weekly lineup beginning January 8th of 2023. The Mandalorian and Grogu are now meeting guests at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland. Yes. Um, if you were hoping to become a Walt Disney World annual pass holder anytime soon, it um, we have some news. Sales of annual passes will unfortunately not resume in 2022. Stupid. There is now an official reopening date for Mickey's Toontown at Disneyland Resort, and the doors will be reopening on March 8th of 2023. Yes. James Gunn, Peter Safran, and the rest of DC Studios crew um, are going to reveal new DC Universe plans in the next two months. Disneyland Resort has stopped all sales of the Believe Tier Magic Key Pass. You can't even buy the keys right now. You can't even buy yeah, them. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Since They went when? on sale this week. They went on sale this week. <sighs> Freaking kidding me. <laughs> okay, go. Go ahead. It was actually the day after that the the, the Believe Tear um, Magic Key Pass was no longer allowed. Or the day before it was when the annual passes reopened what the for hell? sale. What the hell? Disney announced the acquisition of a partially completed ship called the Global Dream, which was originally owned by Genting Hong Kong, that will bring the magic of a Disney Cruise Line vacation to new global destinations. The ship, um, to be based outside the United States, will feature innovative Disney experiences along with the dazzling entertainment, world-class dining, and legendary guest service that sets Disney Cruise Line apart. We have a lot of Disney news this week. Shoot. Um, yeah. Disney and Evite have partnered together this holiday season. Have your favorite characters greet your holiday guests. Everyone from Mickey and Minnie to Elsa, Winnie the Pooh, Tiana, Mirabelle, Rapunzel, and many more. And the final one. Bob Chapek has stepped down officially as Disney CEO today, November 20th. And Bob Iger is returning to the company as CEO, effective immediately. Who? Thank God. Who would have said? Who Who could have predicted we'd be all, bring Iger back? Whose 2022 bingo card had Bob Iger coming back? Not mine, that's for sure. Not mine. I was definitely thinking they were going to make Josh the one who's like the head of parks. It should be Josh. Um, I really like Josh tomorrow. Yes. He's great. His Instagram is elite. That's who I thought it was going to be. I really thought it was going to be Josh Tomorrow, who is the, the head of Disney Parks. Disney Parks experiences and products. There you go. That, that guy. I just wrote an essay about Disney Parks and guest experiences and customer service for my hospitality class. Well, there you go. And quoted him. There you go. And had to put his full title. So There you go. Only reason I know that. But I definitely thought that, like, Chipek was going to get either pulled out or he was going to step Fired down or, or step down yeah. or whatever. And I thought it was going to be him taking his spot, but like, I don't know. Same. I'm not mad. I'm fine with Bob Iger coming back. Yeah, I'm not mad that Iger is going to replace him again. Same. Honestly, 
Because Bob Iger was really, like, the new golden age of Disney. Yeah. So. Or kind of started it. Yeah, so I'm kind of stoked. I'm, like, rooting. We're all rooting for Bob. Come on, Bob. Let's go. Yeah, and that's why my group chat has been going insane for my group chat for Themed Entertainment Association. You know who else I think would partner very well with Bob Iger? Just, like, in terms of, like, getting the park back to the forefront. Who? Is, uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? Um, he did it with the other guy, and they were partners, and then the other guy died in the helicopter accident. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I can see his face, and he, like, recently had plastic surgery, and you can tell. It's really bad. But, like, I can see him. Frank G. Wells? No. He's the one who died in the... He's the one who died. Michael. In the helicopter? Michael. Michael. Michael Eisner? Yes! Okay, Eisner and Iger are too similar. I thought that was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I would like to see. They just released a new um, documentary for Disney. I forget the name of it. But Disney docuseries just released a new documentary. I'll definitely have to watch it. Yeah, let me find it real quick. I love the memes coming out of this already. actually have time to like I was supposed to bake croissants today but I didn't really feel like it and so I ended up just sitting on the floor and wrapping gifts for like six hours yeah and it's only 8 30 so I might actually have time to like at least prep the croissants today no honestly do it maybe I'll just do it tomorrow so it's called it came out, um, what are we, like, this past week. It's called Mickey, the Story of a Mouse. And the synopsis says, The cultural significance of the nearly 100-year-old cartoon mouse as one of the world's most beloved characters. Mickey Mouse is recognized as a symbol of joy and childhood innocence. And it has an exclusive animated short film, Mickey in a Minute. I love that. I'm going to watch it. Very fun, very fun. Well... I think we should yeah. get into this outro. We knocked this episode out. Same. Go us. Yeah, woohoo. Woo. Um, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fan Fatales. We are a proud part of the Real Fans Podcast Network. That's right. And if you want to check out more shows on the network, you can find them at rf4rm.com. Next week, we will be talking about our winter and Christmas favorites with a very special guest from rf4rm network. To wrap out the end of this year and Winter Wonderthon. Yeah. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review and comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFatalesPod for the latest updates. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok are all at SniffyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gabs? I'm at Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our editing is by the wonderful Carol Lindsmeyer. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Bye. The views expressed in this episode are not for the man who made their bottom.